Joseph Ancelot starts to run on, but Christian Cullen, five, six metres in front, went through the third in 28-3, and Danny Campbell let him down. Christian Cullen, 10 metres, Franco lost more, Taylor made Lombo. Then our serve Ancelot, Franco Hattrick held up, looks a place chance, Heracles dropped out, but it's all Christian Cullen. He's 10 metres in front of Taylor made Lombo. Then our serve Ancelot, he's done it there. Now he's done it here. Hail the new Australasian champion, Christian Cullen. He won the Miracle Mile by 20 metres. Big week, Hilton Donaldson, Brendan Cole, Christian Cullen. Good morning, Chris Barsby. How are you? I'm well, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. And Fred Hastings will be behind the 1050s on uh, Saturday night at Menangle. He'd have to be excited. No, oh, he'll be pumped up for sure, and he's online with us now. Freddie, good morning. G'day, Chris. Steve, yeah, look, it's a, it's a great week. Can't wait for it. Are you surprised with the final makeup of the field? The fact that the mayor got the invite, Brave U Kelly, Captain Ravishing, although beaten in the chariots, got the start, Bondi lockdown misses out. Was there any major surprise just from your perspective with the field? Yeah, Chris, from my perspective, no. I think Captain Ravishing, just the, the publicity and the, the interest the horse garnered leading up to the chariots and uh, it was a yeah. It was a fair run uh, to, to be beaten uh, by a horse that I think maybe gets a little underestimated in discussions. Catch a wave. I think it's a very good horse. Look, the directors have always been keen to put a mare in the race if they acquit themselves well in the mare's race, and you couldn't knock Brave You Kelly's win. And I think just on on her performance on the night, Chris, she had to go in ahead of Bondi Lockdown. Uh, there was quite a differential in time. The, the first sprint was run upside down. Uh, you know, you don't see a 59.8 middle half uh, in a mile race, uh, generally any class, let alone yeah. a sprint qualifier <laughs> for the Miracle Mile. That, that was just uh, mind-boggling how drivers just allowed Jack Kelligan to dictate terms with Spirit of St. Louis. So as it stands right now with Tab, $5 Spirit mm -hmm. of St. Louis, Hurricane Harley, 18 Honolulu Bay, the favourite, $3. Catchaway, $4.40. Brave U Kelly, the mayor, $41. She's the outsider. Macdan, $16. Captain Ravishing, $3.80. Expensive Ego, $26. I know there's a bit of water to go under the bridge between now and Saturday morning when you've got to lodge your selections, but which way are you leaning right now, Fred? Well, Chris, there are two telling stats, I think, that are relevant when discussing Miracle Miles. There's been... Um, since well, there's been 13 runnings of the Miracle Mile. Only one horse has won from Barrier Six out, and that was Spankham when it won from Barrier Six a few years back. Then, if you dissect the remaining place getters, there's only been seven occasions where a horse drawn six, seven, or eight has even run a place. So that gives you know, Mac Dan, Captain Ravishing, and Expensive Ego quite a tall order. Um, in terms of the chariots. Since 2016, the Chariots winner has either won the Miracle Mile, uh, which was uh, Have Faith in Me, or has run placings in every one since uh, 2017. Uh, so with that in mind, um, look, I'm going to go Honolulu Bay. Its sprint is devastating. Its win was outstanding the other night. Uh, I do like Spirit of St. Louis from Barrier 1. I'm putting Catch Away for third, Chris, because I just respect the fact that I think the horse is a very, very good horse. Andy Gatt told me on radio that he felt it was amongst the very best horses he's trained, and we all know how many good ones he's had. Uh, and that little stat about the chariots uh, producing place getters in Miracle Miles is worth noting. 
Uh, and then I'm going to go against my grain a little bit, and I'm going to put in Mac Dan, uh, despite the fact he's drawn barrier six as my fourth choice. I think he... Gee, it's hard to try and sort out a speed map, Chris, isn't it, for a miracle mile, but you, you know what Mac Dan's got, and uh, he's capable of, you know, finding a forward spot, and, and I just thought maybe he was a, a chance to hold on for fourth. In saying that, I've left out Captain Ravishing, um, so... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough race as always, the Miracle Mile, but I'm leaning to Honolulu Bay. I think it's had a couple of mile performances at, uh, at Menangle and is a very talented pacer. Fred, something that Ryan Spice touched on last week, which I found interesting, and he will elaborate when he talks to Chris later in the week, but that after all that heavy rain that night that Captain was beaten by Catch a Wave, what was it like on the inside, their horses that led that particular evening on the pegs? Um, look, I've got no doubt in the early part of the night, there was definitely a, a pattern that emerged where the inside looked as though uh, it, it wasn't really uh, the place to be. We saw Rip come right down the extreme outside uh, and win the first race, and there was one or two others. Uh, Our Money Rocks for Memory came down the centre of the track. Um, but I think by the time we got to race four or five, and then I think the Chariots for Memory on that night was race uh, six or seven. By the time we, and then that was the night for those that just uh, can't quite recall, we had a massive thunderstorm hit Menangle and the race meeting was delayed a couple of hours. Um, I think by the time we got to the middle part of the cart step, I think the track was playing a little fairer in terms of the inside. So, uh, you know, I can't really lay claim to the fact that Captain Ravishing was dreadfully disadvantaged by being on the pegs by that time of the night. And you've got to remember, Catch a Wave sat parked outside him and was able to beat him. So, uh, yeah, I think there was definitely a pattern early, and that can be the case at Menangle in very wet weather. But I think by the time we got to the back end of the car, things were starting to balance out. Was that the latest night you've ever been at a trot meeting? Or did you unscrew the binoculars about midnight? Um, uh, no, I've had a late, I actually have had a later night. We had a night at Penrith, uh, uh, look, it would have been two years ago now, where we had a dreadful... A, a dreadful fall in uh, the, what was to be the uh, the penultimate, and uh, there was quite a lengthy delay in getting the, the injured drivers. Ross Adams was very badly hurt in that fall, and Jim Douglas also uh, succumbed to injury, and, and it was a really bad fall, and they, they were able to clear the track, and then they ran the last two races, and I think the last race was about 5 to 12, uh, or somewhere in that order. Uh, we, we got out of there on chariot tonight, Steve, at 11 Interestingly enough, that last race, it was in terms of times because the stewards were trying to get the meeting under and they were consulting with the Bureau of Meteorology and all sorts of other uh, elements. And at one stage, the race was scheduled to be run at 11.57. But it was ultimately brought forward when they tried to condense the car to get through it and it was run at 11.35 on that one. Hey, Freddie, just in closing, uh, I'm tipping we're not going to see a 59.8 middle half on Saturday night (laughs) in the Miracle Mile, but... Give us a, a prediction time-wise. What sort of time do you think this field is capable of running? Chris, if they run a 59.8, I will walk up and down the home straight <laughs> backwards wearing thongs. Um, I, I, look, it's always a, 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 you know, how long is a piece of string but time in a miracle mile. Um, I, you, you generally think they're capable, these horses, of getting down to the 48. Um, the conditions it's meant to be... Uh, you know, uh, um, you know, 29 uh, degree, 28 day degree, uh, day, hopefully no rain. So I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say 148.7.
Okay, 48-7 and you're with Honolulu Bay. Freddie, as always, really appreciate the time this morning. Good calling on Saturday night. Enjoy it and we'll talk soon. We sure will, Chris. All the best. Thank Thanks, you, Fred. Fred Hastings. He just wanted to hang in a shade. The leader is Captain Ravishing. Pitt gets to work. Trying hard as catch away, but it's Captain Ravishing. He's still clear. He leads by four metres. Inch by inch, catch away. Was cutting back the margin. Here comes catch away. Dives up. Grabs the captain. Catch away. Wins the chariots. Catch away. Was beaten. In second, Posse. Captain Ravishing. That was when I turned my phone off, Chris. <laughs> That's what you call a wipeout, Steve. Catch away, wipe out the captain ravishing because he crushed him to win the chariots of fire. And now they lock horns again this Saturday night. So this is going to be very interesting. And again, Captain Ravishing is shorter in the market than what Catch It wasn't away the case is. yesterday. He shortened up in the past 24 hours, Chris, hasn't he, Captain Ravishing? He has. But why is there no respect for Catch Away? I, I can't work it out. Let, let's ask the man himself, the man that puts the polish on this brilliant four-year-old Andy Gaff. He's with us now. Andy, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? Very well. How many times have you watched that replay? I've watched it a few times and I just got to hear it again. So um, I haven't got, got sick of it yet. Does it get better, though, every time you watch it? Sorry, what was that? Does it get better every time you watch it? You there, Andy? You with us, Andy? I'll have to try again with him because yeah. I think he's on the road from, from Melbourne to Sydney because those horses are are due in the retention yeah. facility, I think, first thing tomorrow, Steve. So, you know, might just be in a uh, an awkward spot. So we'll try again with Andy very soon. Mm. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's come out of the chariots, Steve. And, and he's made a very valid point, Freddie Hastings, about the record of the chariots' horses that go to the Miracle Mall. They've got a very, very good record. So we'll see if we can uh, get him again mm. and try. Andy, are, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, yeah, so I'm back back again. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, enough phone service to get through the interview. Now, tell me, how has he come through the chariots of fire? No, he's come through terrific. Um, couldn't be any happier with him, really. Uh, he fast worked this morning and, you know, fast worked at a great level, which you expect a horse like him. And, yeah, his heart rate was really low. His recovery was good. And, you know, we left about three hours ago to hit the highway back up to um, Sydney. You told us last time that you weren't going to die wandering off the arm and he showed that very good speed, but, of course, Captain Ravishing was driven out to lead. What were you thinking there when Captain Led booted through to lead and you were outside him? Did you think you could possibly win after a couple of hundred metres? Uh, to be honest, probably not, but we were sort of resigned to the fact probably before the race came nigh before that that's where we might be. So I just sort of said, just sit off him a little bit and just... Um, yeah, just have enough confidence in your own horse's ability. You run a great race, but he might not win. But, uh, again, um, you know, he probably excelled my expectations as well. And how important was that little breather you got to when you, you, you tucked him in behind Captain Ravishing there, coming to the bend, gave him a little bit of a breather? Yeah, I'm sure that probably helped. Uh, again, um, you know, it was great peace of mind for Kate at the time because she actually had the restrain to go behind him. And, you know, he was still travelling good at the time. But, yeah, sometimes horses can find another sort of another level uh, when you get that little breather. So, um, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, again, it was probably the winning move. I know this race is worth a million dollars on Saturday night, Andy, but if he hadn't have recovered as well as what he has, catch a wave, was there any... Would you have scratched him? Oh, there's no doubt. Um, again, as much as we want to be in a miracle mile, as much as, 
we're fortunate to be in one and, and what the money's worth. But if I wasn't 100% happy with him, um, he wouldn't be coming back up the highway again. He would have gone straight to the paddock and got him ready for the Eureka. Yeah, because he goes straight to the paddock after Saturday night, win, lose or draw, doesn't he? Yeah, no, definitely. Okay. Now, just on the way he's been since uh, the, the chariots and the barrier draw now, you know where everyone's going to start on Saturday night. What, what's your take? How do you see this race unfolding? Yeah, obviously, uh, Spirit of St. Louis uh, will get out as quick as they can. Pretty sure Hurricane Harley goes straight behind it. And I think Mac Dan, Mac Dan will probably chance his arm again like he did last year in Cross King of Swing. And, um, you know, and obviously uh, our horse will go forward as well. I think going forward creates opportunity. So, um, yeah, so um, I think they're the three horses that will sort of leave the arm pretty quick. Okay, so ideally, where do you want to be? Sort of one out one back or one out two back? Where, where do you want to be? He's happy to be in front, but I doubt if you get there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, again, it's all relevant to the tempo they race too, like uh, Spirit of St. Louis led and, and we're outside him and he ran a slow tempo like he did last week. <laughs> it's a good spot to be. So, um, yeah, uh, again, it's all relevant to how, they, how the races run. But, um, yeah, so he, he might have to breathe again. Who knows? Nothing might make it mid-race smooth and he might be stuck outside him or, or Mac Dan could cross him and Mac Dan might hand up to the first horse that, that's there, which might be us. So, um, yeah, there's so many different scenarios that can happen and, yeah, the race will just play out as it is. Okay, so you're going forward and you're, you're going to have a, a shot at some point. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's got natural gate speed. He, every time he's led, he's been able to win. I'm not saying he's going to lead. Um, but, again, it's um, he's used to running the gate, so um, it's, not, it's not new territory for him to run the gate. I think, Kat, uh, Kath, if she can do it, yeah, chasing... 53 Group 1 wins? Uh, yeah, I, I hope so. You never know. It's such a hard race to win. And, um, you know, I see he's drifting and he drifted in the Chariots of Fire as well. So hopefully he can defy the drift again. Can you peak him again, though? I know we've just outlined that the, the Chariots horses have got a great record in the Miracle Mile. But that was a, a huge run in the Chariots, sitting parked out and that sort of time on that sort of track as well that night. So... Can you peak him again? Well, I think so. We've tried to mirror what we've done the week before the Chariots, and we've done exactly the same this week. Uh, same work, same time. Everything's we've kept the same because we knew what we got. And the only thing different was that uh, work was a lot lower than it was before the Chariots. So hopefully, um, you know, he might be a bit fitter again. So, uh, again... Um, you know, it could be that little bit better, which he's going to have to be. What was your assessment of the captain there with that hanging um, situation there? Yeah, probably not ideal. He's had a few gate issues before and, you know, generally hangs out, if anything, and probably doesn't sort of hang in. Um, yeah, obviously it's a little bit of a concern that none of us have seen him at a trial or a race since, that uh, whether he's going to be like that again. Um, you know, he probably can't afford to do that in America Mile and be, be competitive, but, you know, he's in a great stable and I'm sure sure they'll iron out any issues that he's got. Will it be different on Saturday night for him, Andy, the fact that they won't use him off the gate because he's drawn wide, so he's just going to conserve a little bit of energy early and just be safe for that one final sprint? Will, will we see a different horse, in your opinion, with Captain Ravishing this week? Well, I think so. Like uh, Personally, when he drew barrier one, I was quite happy about it because um, I thought it forced their hand a little bit and they've never used him out of the gate uh, since they've trained him, so... Um, Again, it probably got him out of his comfort zone a little bit and he probably um, 
probably the first time in a race that he's been put under some type of pressure, where he's just, you know, his ability's just carried him to the race. And again, obviously, um, in the big derby too, when he had to sort of chase Lee Defane, he, he sort of got under pressure in that race as well. So, um, you know, he's a great horse. He deserves the hype around him, and he's going to be hard to beat in any race you continue that you race him in. But as he's seen, um, you know, if you get him under pressure, he can get beat. So, um, again, it's such a such a hard race and probably a long time for a while or two there's been so many winning chances in the America Mile and I think um, you know most of the horses in this race have got, got a live chance of winning. It's amazing and yeah. the catchaway was $16 and captain was $1.15 on that night. Yeah, uh, what was probably before the race of two horse races doesn't seem real logical but uh, <laughs> I didn't realise until about two hours after I looked, <laughs> looked at the results because I didn't know who ran third or fourth and I couldn't believe it. I thought my phone was playing up. Hey, just quickly, whilst we're pulling apart some of your rivals here, uh, the other one from the Emma Stewart stable, who is the favourite, Honolulu Bay. If there's a chink in his armour, is it the fact that he's on a seven-day backup? He's in super form, no question about it, but he, he tends to go best when his race is a space. He's on a seven-day backup. He was awesome winning last week. Is that just a little bit of a concern? Um, I wish it was, but I don't think it would be. I think he... Um the Dominion Series performed as good as any horse throughout it and, you know, had short backups and that in the heat and every run was just as good as each, each run. So uh, I hope that's taken a little bit out of him. Um, but, you know, he's definitely the one to beat. He's such a versatile horse. He, he's one that can probably make his own luck a little bit. He can come off speed. He's strong. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think so. But previously in the past it has happened. So you, you never know. But I'd say he'd be okay. Okay. Just in closing, you've said you've kept everything the same with Catchaway following the Chariots of Fire. There is one change, though, forthcoming on Saturday night. He's going around in different colours this weekend, isn't he? Yeah, yes. He's racing the Cordina Chicken Eureka colours. Um, so, yeah. So, um, again, that's that'll be his colours going forward until the Eureka. Um, you know, the armbands will represent the Matthews family, um, you know, which is good to have some type of mark of their family, you know, for Richard going forward. So, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, got used to the colours he's racing in. So hopefully uh, um, we get used to these ones and they're winning ones. Yeah, well, hopefully it brings good luck. Uh, we wish you the best of luck on Saturday night, lining up in the Miracle Mile. He's one of the major players, no question about it. Safe travels and uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, thanks, guys. Andy Gath joining us on Mobile Rolling. Stretch here and Spirit of St. Louis first into the lane looking for back-to-back -back sprints leads the way. Pity Tiger. They were followed by Hurricane Harley. Zeus Bromac up on the inside at the moment. There's no Bondi lockdown. He's trying to wind up further out. I cast no shadow but it's all over Red Rover. Have a look at Spirit of St. Louis go the last bit and Spirit of St. Louis has beaten Hurricane Harley. Third home. There you go Chris. Spirit of St. Louis winning last week. Uh, we commented last when talking about the race into last week about his run two ago was outstanding when he got to they were going hard and he got annoyed in front there and stuck on bravely yeah, yeah that was in the hunter cup he was uh, tremendous that night he was able to get the job done last week as we've spoken about middle half in 59 8 in a race like that it's just unbelievable to think that you know uh, a driver could sort of pinch those sectionals but that's what jack Callaghan did he won this race last year that the, the lead-up sprint finished second in the Miracle Mile behind his now-retired stablemate and King of Swing. So can he go one better? Let's ask the man that's going to be driving Spirit of St. Louis on Saturday night, Jack Gallagher. He's online with us now. Jack, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. 
believe that you were able to dictate the race like you did last week? No, not really. It was quite surprising, but um, obviously on a week back up, you know, I was happy to take a soft as run as I could. And he just basically had to sprint for about 350 metres and he did that really well. Yeah. We just had Freddie Hastings on earlier. You're happy to get those sort of sectionals in a maiden race at Menangle, let alone a lead up to the Miracle Mile. So you must have been thinking, where is everyone? When are they going to make their move? Yeah, well, once the kind of positions were found, there probably wasn't uh, too many horses in that race that probably could move into the breeze. Um, you know, they're all probably the ones that might have done that were probably close enough, uh, thinking that they're just trying to mostly run top two. But uh, the way it worked out, yeah, we were just able to, you know, as you said, get a really soft uh, 800 metres and made it quite difficult for the rest of the field. Okay. So we've got the inside gate here on Saturday night. Um, is that... What, what were your first thoughts uh, once you knew that you had the inside gate? Well, I was pretty happy initially. Uh, uh, Lily, uh, Belinda and Luke's daughter, has always done the barrier draw picking for him, and she's been spot on all the time. So I told her before I said it, to the gate we want, and she just walked up and straight away picked it out. So she had a big smile on her face when she came back to the table, and uh, then the obviously emergency's drawn one now, so we'll come down, all things being equal. And but I'm um, just as happy with uh, one that you know he's obviously got really good gate speed that he's shown over his past or well, a few months, especially his last couple of starts as well. So he's got plenty of options. Okay, so you've had time to sort of analyse the, the speed to your outside. How much early heat do you think you're going to have to face there on, on Saturday night? Well, I think the main one's going to be Mac Dan. I'd say they'll probably chance their arm again. Obviously, they tried to do that two starts ago in the Hunter Cup and uh, went back, wasn't able to cross him. I think Meninga's probably a more even start, if anything, so... Uh, we've got the gate draw on him and uh, I'll be scooting through and expecting to be able to hold him up. Okay. Is he good enough to go all the way in a miracle mile against this sort of opposition or do you prefer him to have a little bit of cover? No, I definitely think he's good enough. He, he's shown that he's been able to do that in the blacks of fake. And he led the whole way and was softened up by a long shot in the race and only just went down... You know, a neck right on the line. So over the shorter course, I'd, I'd be confident that he's good enough to lead and still win. Okay. If Mac Dan was able to get across, are you looking for a retake move? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, he's been going really good. He won the Newcastle Mile in the, uh, in the breeze, and it'll just have to kind of depend on where all the other horses is, I guess. But, um, I don't really expect that to be happening. Jack, last week you just let that West Australian who's got whips of speed, Penny Tiger Cross, and then were you always confident it would hand up and you'd roll on? Yeah, definitely. I, I was. I could have held him quite comfortably once I, you know, I was holding Hurricane Ali. I was happy just to let it go and kind of put it on the fence, and um, you know, then we'll just able to roll to the top without really burning. 
He's been a super horse for you, Jack. 19 starts uh, for you as the driver, 10 wins, four placings, but six of those 10 victories have been features. But you're craving that big one. As you said, you were close in the Blacks of Fate. You were a runner-up in this race last year behind King of Swing. To win a Miracle Mile, that would be the absolute ultimate for you, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. It's always been my favourite race to watch and I was really fortunate to be part of it last year. Uh, got so close and, you know, got beaten next spot. The only horse that's been able to win three, so he, he lost nothing in that. And, you know, it's a million-dollar purse. So other until this year with the near Eureka, which is obviously a slot race, so prize money works a bit different there, but it's always kind of been the richest race um, in the country for most years now. So it's been a massive goal of mine and really fortunate to have another really good chance at a, at a pretty early stage of my career. Mm. The build-up this year, is it different to last year? When you've got these horses like Captain Ravishing, who's, you know, creating huge headlines and, and catch a wave who beat him last time out, is the build-up this year different in comparison to last year? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, last year, King... King had won the two previous, and he'd drawn gate one, which obviously looked a very good gate for him at the time. Um, it turned out that he was cross, but able to still retake the front, and we all know how hard he is when he gets in front, and well, how hard he is to beat, let alone anywhere, but especially when he's in front over the mile at Meningle. So we, I kind of went into that race knowing that I'd give a really good shake, but probably... Never really thought I'd be able to beat King, whereas uh, this time he's not in it, and I definitely think I'll be able to give it a really good shake, and it wouldn't surprise me if my boat was able to win. Right. One final one before I let you go. If you did happen to win this race, the Miracle Mile for 2023, does that whet your appetite even more to get up to North America and mix it with the likes of Toddy and Dexter Dunn and you know some of those other household names up there? Yeah, no doubt, obviously. Um, you know, there's plenty of good races here and um, you know, Miracle Mile is probably the biggest of them all with a million-dollar purse, but obviously up there, their prize money is extremely good. They've got multiple million-dollar races. Um, they probably 30-odd, half a million or more dollar races as well. So it's um, something I follow really closely, especially now. Um, you know, that I've got connections with Todd, Andy and um, Dexter as well. So uh, I follow it closely. It's great to see them doing so well. And it's definitely a goal of mine to get up there one day. If you did watch it yesterday, you wouldn't want to go anywhere, would you? Yonkers and so on yesterday. Did you see the weather up there? <laughs> yeah, it uh, doesn't look the nicest during February, that's for sure. But maybe I could stay here for the carnival in Sydney and then duck off. Yeah, you're getting close to a milestone as well. Almost 500 wins. Yeah, someone mentioned that to me the other day, so it's uh, obviously good to tick off those little goals and something like that, so hopefully it's not too far away. Well, really appreciate the time this morning, Jack. Best of luck on Saturday night. He's a, a live hope. There's no question about it. Hopefully he can go one better after last year being the runner-up behind King of Swing. Appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, Jack Calligan joining us, Chris. And, yeah, 21 years of age, 488 uh, winners, six group ones so far. It could be seven uh, on the weekend. Darren Clayton's with us now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. 
your captain How fan. How are you finding the build-up this year <laughs> compared to last year with the Miracle Mile? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a lot more chatter about about the race. That's for sure. Um, I think last year I, I find it a little bit strange, to be honest. All the talk this year is about Captain Ravishing and, um, you know, his potential, what he's got. Last year we were in a situation where King of Swing was, um, you know, ready to go out and go out on a high. He'd been such a dominant horse for, for so long and really dominated Menangle. And, um, you know, right, whether he did get the same amount of, of coverage as Captain Ravishing is getting now is perhaps a little questionable. I'm not really sure. You'd have to go back and and probably analyse it a little bit closer. But um, I think it's great that we're talking about it. We're, we're talking about the race and it's got plenty of eyeballs. It is one of the most even races of a Miracle Mile in recent years, that's for sure. Um, like Andy Gath stated just before, I think you could probably make a solid case that any horse in the field could win the race and, and it not be a surprise where in recent years um, that certainly hasn't been the case. And... You know, we, we've seen where King of Swing has started very short price favourite in a few of those Miracle Miles. So um, we're talking about it, all the actions there. And um, I think those stats that, that Fred read out about the gate, the barrier positions, I think that really um, will, will solidify the claims of how good Captain Ravishing is if he can overcome that wide gate. I want to ask you about both about that. When I spoke to Hass about Captain Ravishing, said conservative drive, hopefully we'll tack onto the back of the, one of the stable mates. Which stable mate will it be that the captain will get a card into the race? Which which one do you think he'll sit behind? Which goes early of Emmett's horses? Well, McDan will go early. Uh, Honolulu Bay won't be used off the gate at all. He goes best when they don't use him early. Hurricane Harley's likely to have a a little bit of an early look, but more than likely, I think most are expecting him to go straight to the peg behind Spirit of St. Louis. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm certain they won't use him early. I'd say he probably tracks into the race on the back of Honolulu Bay because Honolulu Bay is the one that they've got to save for one run. Mac Dan can charge across. Um, Hurricane Harley straight in behind. And if he gets that card up on, on the back of Honolulu Bay, well... Um, we'll get to see that speed, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, an interesting race. Just on the makeup, uh, Darren, uh, there's always you know some sort of conjecture about the field, but uh, are you happy with the, the lineup we've got? Yeah, I think so. We, we spoke on Friday that for a mare to get in the field, it'd have to do something pretty special because on paper it didn't look um, like that you'd just give an invite to, to, to a, one of those mares straight up. Brave View Kelly was able to do something quite quite special in her victory, so she probably rightly deserves a spot in the field. It's always tough for the mares in the Miracle Mile, and, and that's evidenced by the history that shows very few have been able to uh, to get the job done in the race, let alone actually get into the race. So she's got it all ahead of her, but she's there. Um, I think from, the, from what we've seen, Captain Ravishing, he deserves his spot in there, of what he did in the, in the Chariots of Fire. Um, still gone pretty quick time. I just think um, it's not that he's not a good horse. I think it's just that um, perhaps he's caught up to, to where some of the others are, are at now. Incredible guys. Emma Stewart, if she wins the race, that'll be 112 Group 1 wins. That's extraordinary, isn't it? For someone in their early 40s, 41. Mm. It's Both of those is. victories have come in 
juvenile features too. So now she's starting to expand at grand circuit level. So all of her power in recent times has been with the young horses, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, and to a degree, four-year-olds. But just in the last 12 months, really expanding now with the open class horses. Of course, she had multiple finalists for the Inter-Dominion Grand Final. She's won the Hunter Cup, and here she is with half the field and a miracle mile. It's, uh, it's quite scary given the dominance in juvenile racing. Now it's starting to expand into the open class grand circuit racing. And just a question, we always hear about Clayton Tomkin as well as a part of the operation. I just wonder why they're not um, in a trading partnership arrangement where Clayton gets more accolades as well. Is that fair or not? Yeah, I think so, Steve. And, and we're starting to see more partnerships as well, uh, you know, not only in New Zealand, but also here in Australia. So, I don't know, if it ain't broke, why try and fix it? That's probably the mantra they've got. But uh, Maybe he don't, likes don't to worry. be the, the quiet partner. I don't, I don't know, but... Yeah, possibly, possibly. I, I think he gets plenty of credit uh, uh, along the way because he, he's an outstanding horseman in his own right. But, um, yeah, I think they're just satisfied with the way it is and let's just keep it the way it's going. Fair enough. So which way are you going at this early point, Darren? Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's it's one of those races, like I say, that could go either way. I, I think... Um, I think a horse like Honolulu Bay just I do have some concerns on the on the shorter backup than what he's had so it, it certainly is a change to his um, pattern of what he's been able to to do his best with um, that said I think um, you know Spirit of St Louis if he gets to the front and there's you know there could be they're talking about Captain Ravishing being driven cold um, Honolulu Bay, he'll be driven cold. Hurricane Harley, if they're saying he drops straight in behind, well, is the opportunity going to present that Spirit of St. Louis, while well, he won't get a, that 59 second middle half, does he actually, um, you know, get away with a, a, a pretty cheap middle half again? And, you know, you've got expensive ego drawn out in eight. Um, you know, is he the one to roll forward and get to the breeze? And if he gets to the breeze, well, then. Um, you know, they don't run it too hard. Well, the Spirit of St. Louis is going to be mighty hard to beat. And I just got in the back of my mind that, you know, that's a, a, a distinct possibility. But I think just the way he's profiled in recent weeks, Honolulu Bay, off the back of that Hunter Cup victory where it was a, a super drive, he made ground from well back. And then um, his win last week was so good. Um, I'm going to stick with him. I think it just needs to, to map out the right way for him for, to, to, for that to happen. You look at Spirit of St. Louis, though, um, you know, you talk about barrier draws. I was going through his barrier draws. When he first came to Australia, he, he made the Rising Sun field, the inaugural Rising Sun. He drew gate 10 on that occasion. Since then, he's been in, I think it's eight or nine Group 1 races, uh, quite a few other uh, feature races. Any race that's been a group race since that um that rising sun back in 2021, he's drawn gate four or closer. Mm. And here he is with the ace on Saturday night. So Amazing. We'll talk more about this on uh, on Friday uh, when you rejoin us to uh, look at the weekend's features. Ryan Spice will join us tomorrow because he's actually heading down on Friday. So he's going to jump on tomorrow to give us his thoughts. And Jerome Nuenberg from Sulky.at will also join us on Friday, Darren, just to sort of see if he can make more sense of it because it's a, a very interesting puzzle that we're uh, 
confronted with here on Saturday night because uh, just trying to work out the map, he might be able to help us out uh, with uh, his uh, innovation, sulky.app. So that's still to come. Let's focus on Redcliffe tonight. We've got 10 races there. We start at 5.23. Before we get to Redcliffe, we've got an update on Narissa McMullen, the leading female driver in Queensland and has been for the last eight seasons. She underwent surgery on Monday, Monday, and uh, she was discharged from hospital yesterday afternoon. So she's gone home. She's uh, got a, uh, a great uh, support network around her, as you would expect, with family, friends, Maddie Elkins, her partner. So it's obviously going to be a long road to recovery. Uh, and as soon as we get more information, we will pass it on. But the good news is that the surgery was successful. It went well. And she was discharged from hospital uh, yesterday afternoon. So it's a, uh, a a difficult time still in front of her with uh, the, the road to recovery, but uh, I'm sure she's going to get the backing of uh, just about everyone uh, in the harness racing industry. So that's the update on Narissa. Uh, it's, it's been a little disappointing uh, with, without any updates, but uh, that's the latest on Narissa. So that's good news. Ten races tonight, Darren. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, I think we need to be a little bit patient and it comes up in race seven. Horse number one, my girl Mandy, um, finds the right race here, gets gate one. Pete McMullen uh, back from an enforced holiday and uh, he can look to get back into the winner's circle with my girl Mandy. For Peter Gregg, everything looks to profile perfectly. Not a great deal of pressure in that race either so i thought she looked a good thing race seven horse one my girl mandy okay 240 with tab right now and that's the last leg of the double so we can go skinny there what else takes your fancy tonight yeah there's one at a, a bit of odds i thought it's come up a, a bit longer than what i thought and that's in the opening race what a terror um, he's a good gate speed horse. He was a winner four starts back when he was able to lead through out at Redcliffe. Hasn't really had much go his way. He gets gate two tonight. I thought he could get across there and from there has, has some options. And at the $10 and $2.70 currently on offer with Tab, I thought that represented a good play. So race one, horse number two, what a terror. Hopefully a good price like Press Statement did for us last week. Yeah, $10.270 as you outlined with what a terror. So he is hoping that he can get the job done there. Uh, what about the quaddy tonight? Have you got some numbers? Uh, first leg, I thought um, number one caught out. She certainly gets her chance from gate one. Um, last time was over the 2040. It was a, a tough effort. Gate one this time. Hear the call. Uh, he's certainly racing very well at the moment. And while he gets no favours from the gate and throw in number two talk rider just made an error last time so we'll go one two and nine in the second leg i uh, thought this looked probably a race in two the one and the seven the seven and the one the the redcliffe one seven play feel the thrill probably looks the leader there he'll be appreciating a return to redcliffe his past few at albion park he's just found it a bit tough and seven cannon he'll be glued to the back of feel the thrill and waiting for his way clear so one and seven in that second leg Third leg, happy to go one out with my girl Mandy. As I said, um, she might have some uh, big, big defeats against her name in the past two starts, but this is a much better setup for her. And in the final leg, um, thought this was a race in 
probably two or three here. I've got number seven, talking control on top, but with no great confidence just um, whether she can get to the passing lane with momentum or, or get off in time with momentum. Just hasn't really gone her way since joining the Butler stable. Number eight, Shikady, um was a, made good ground last time out at Marburg, really hit the line nicely. Warren Hins, he's got his stable absolutely firing, fresh off a, a treble at Kilcoy on Monday, so Shikady will throw her in. And number one, Destiny Blues, does face a step up here, but gate one and likes to lead, so might just be able to uh, to pinch a break if she doesn't cop any pressure. So we'll go one seven eight the final leg. Okay, so repeating the numbers, we go one two nine into one and seven into one, and we bring it home with numbers one seven and eight. So we're looking at eighteen dollars for one hundred percent of the quarter dividend tonight. That's it, and I think we should go pretty close. Righto. Race 7, number 1, my girl Mandy Best. Bear currently at 2.40 with Tab, and the value play comes up in the opener at 5.23. What a terror at $10.270. Just speaking of Rickliff, their catalogues are available for the upcoming Garage Rickliff yearling sale on Sunday, April 2, so that's not all that far away, so catalogues are available from the club. Uh, just on, uh, on some stats, uh, Darren, and I know you love a stat, but just going back to uh, the State Drivers Premiership, Nathan Dawson is absolutely flying. 62 wins. Shannon Savalco, 36. Chris Alford, 35. James Herbertson, 35. So he's almost doubled his nearest rival. We're only into March now. Today's the first day of March. But then you go down. Narissa McMullen is on 33. She missed out on a treble there on Saturday night with her drives after that fall. So... She was second going into the weekend. So, uh, you know, again, she was off to a great start as well. And uh, she's been very underrated for a long period of time. So uh, we, we just hope that it's going to be a speedy recovery for Narissa and we get to see her back out on the track sooner rather than later because uh, her skill set continues to evolve each year. Yeah, certainly. And she's having a great season, like you said. Strike rate of 21% winners across all tracks, which is superb. And... Um, not only that, she's really um, stepped into her own right as a trainer in recent times. Really, um, she's got over 200 wins as a trainer now. Um, Heaven in Loxley, he was able to win for her on Saturday night. Of course, she wouldn't have got to see it live as she was uh, being transported to hospital. She's the watched time, the replay. But... <laughs> well, there you go. And, and he's a he's a pretty nice horse, and that was a, a good win. And um, like you said. Great support network around her and wish her all the best in the recovery. It's um, it's not easy getting back from any type of head injury. I know that from, from personal experience. So, um, yeah, wish her all the best. Yeah, absolutely.